Good morning, Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Glad to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer. Today is, did I already say this? No, November 30th, 2020, Monday. And for our catechesis, we return to uh, the book of Judges and to the story of Samson and uh, Samson and Delilah. Uh, I had some difficulty finding artwork for the opening uh, slide that you saw, and because most of the artwork has either Delilah exposed or Samson exposed or both. So uh, that tells you kind of the nature of the story, I think, and what it's about, which I suppose isn't exactly how it's presented in Sunday school. <laughs> uh, but we'll do our best here today, talk about what's really going on there, and uh, bring some insight as to how Samson is an imperfect type of Christ. Uh, I also note that a few of you already here, Don, Grace, Michael, um, like to share our posts, and uh, it's worth remembering that this is essential for social media, both Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use. Um, what I post on the church's wall on Facebook does not get shown to the people who like the church's Facebook page. Uh, it used to be the case, uh, we're now talking about five, six years ago, that anything we would post to uh, a public page, like the church's page, would be shown on everybody's wall who has liked the page, right? But then over uh, the years, the algorithm has been ramped up um, to selectively choose what you see on your Facebook wall. And uh, it tends to, it's, it's trying to maximize engagement, showing you the things that you're most interested in and not showing you things that you're not going to engage in, uh, click the links, etc. Um, and the same goes for our church's website, church's page. Um, so the best thing you can do um, so that others see uh, the posts that we uh, put up, uh, whether it's this daily prayer or it's uh, the Bible study from yesterday, which I know Michael shared, um, or uh, especially right now with our auction, our online auction, that you share the post on our wall, but also that you write some text, some copy, okay? Uh, because if it's just a share of a link, that also is going to get downgraded and not be shown on other people's wall. So um, if your goal is to share the content so that others see it, you got to put some work into it. Um, the best thing, of course, is just to email it because that's not going to be filtered. Um, but uh, second to that is if you're going to post it to your wall or to a group, uh, make sure you add some copy. Say, you know, um, please consider supporting this you know, uh, fundraising activity, or um, go listen to these devotions, I find them, you know, engaging, or something like that. And that will maximize the engagement. So make sure you write some text too, not just, just click share and share and be done. All right. And uh, Facebook makes that a little bit tricky and hard. So you might have to practice to figure out which buttons to push, whether you're on your phone or your computer, because um, they limit that. Um, but of course, you know, we want you to share the content, whether it's this video, or if you're listening on audio, or maybe you're using the dial a podcast service today, uh, we want people to engage in it. I'm doing this uh, for your benefit, but also uh, for the benefit, of course, of evangelism, that others would hear the gospel, um, know that their sins are forgiven in Christ, and, and seek uh, a Christian congregation to receive that forgiveness, whether it's ours or another. All right. So, um, so please do it. Um, but I'm just telling you, social media doesn't work the way you think it does, and you're going to have to put some effort into it. All right. Good. Yes, I love the auction items too. Uh, there's some, if you're a Packers fan, um, some great items there for that. And uh, even even if not, lovely handmade things and whatnot. So yeah, go check out the auction. And of course, um, you have to register 
Uh, I know that's you don't like putting your information online, uh, but that's how it's going to go in a pandemic year, right? So do support the auction. Okay, let's get to our devotion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our memory verse this week is actually a repeat from last week. That's intentional uh, because uh, the children weren't in school for about two days, so we want them to actually learn this by heart. So we repeat it this week. From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. Our psalm for this week is Psalm 101. Uh, So we skipped Psalm 100, but that's okay. Psalm 101. I will sing of the steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. But no one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, so uh, the last expression is, I think, the key to understanding that psalm. So uh, as we pray it this week, this will give you a little bit of instruction so you understand. Uh, It's the city of the Lord, right? So this is a psalm of David, the city of the Lord being, of course, Jerusalem. The house, of course, being the house of God. Um, At this point, the tabernacle. Later, the temple. And now, of course, um, the body of Christ, the Christian church, right? And and note here um, that those who dwell in the house are those who are blameless, that are forgiven. Those who do not practice deceit, who do not have a haughty or arrogant heart. But Notice that uh, you have like the cleansing of the temple being alluded to here, uh, where um, those who are wicked are destroyed from the land. Those who practice deceit shall not dwell in the house, right? So Jesus drives them out. You have made my house uh, a house of thieves, a den of thieves, and it ought to be a house of prayer, right? So you see this psalm um, is not only David um, speaking of driving out error and wickedness within um, the fellowship, but also uh, ultimately pointing to the judgment that Christ will bring upon the earth, which is why we're, of course, praying it this week, being the first week of Advent. All right.
Having completed Ephesians, our first reading this week begins the book of Philippians. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, and that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense, till the day of Jesus Christ, or day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. There ends the reading. I did uh, refer to this reading yesterday in the sermon, right? That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Right? And notice it's um, all things are from God as well, as we've talked about the last few days. All right, our reading for catechesis is from Judges chapter 16. Now, Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. And when the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two gateposts pulled them apart, pulled them up, bar from uh, and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him, and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him and afflict him, and every one of us will give you eleven hundred pieces of silver. Ooh-wee. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and with what you may uh, be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings, as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not yet known. Then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, If you bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson, and men were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like threat, like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, If you weave seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. <laughs> so 
She wove it tightly with the batten of the loom and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. Then she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and I, and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, uh, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. So it happened, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them and they stationed him between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who led him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple, so that I may lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about three thousand men and women on the roof, watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. O God, that I may be, or that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on the right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him, and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel twenty years. The end of Samson. All right, so catechesis. A little bit longer reading, so it'll take us a little bit here. Uh, where did Samson go? Yeah, he goes to the city of Gaza. And where is Gaza? Uh, you don't want to do modern geography here. Same city, but uh, at this point, it is a city of Philistia. And who did he see there? Uh, yeah, this is a, a real righteous judge, isn't he? Yeah, a prostitute. Um, what did the people of Gaza, in Gaza do? Yeah, they hope to capture him, right? So they surround 
the place where um, Samson was and waited in the city um, at the all night at the gate of the city, I should say. And what did they want to do, of course, at dawn? Yes, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. Of course, what did Samson do at midnight? First part of the story here, yeah, he tore down the city gate together with the two gateposts and carried them all to the top of the hill facing Hebron. It's quite a thing. Uh, why was there, or why was this a victory? Now, there's two reasons, right? One, they didn't kill him, right? But the second thing I think is more important to note here, or maybe also important to note, he leaves that city defenseless, right? By taking, um, taking the uh, gate. Uh, of course, what great victory ought this remind us of? Specifically, tearing down the gate and leaving the enemy defenseless. That's right. That's Christ's victory um, over the strong man, Satan. Uh, he wins the victory by his death and resurrection. Uh, for example, Matthew 12, verse 29. How can he enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy, blasphemy, uh, <laughs> blasphemy, there we go, will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. So that's what makes one an enemy of God. This comes up again, of course, later on. Um, Matthew 27. And, um, with all of the silver, right, and the betrayal. So you can read uh, Matthew 27 through 28 would be a good example. Um, of course, with the, uh, the trial and the crucifixion of Jesus. All right, so now we've got two women involved in the story. Remember the first, that first wife um, of the Philistines, which was, we read last week, and now we have the prostitute. And now a third woman enters the scene. Yes, her name is Delilah. And where did she live? And save this for a Jeopardy question someday. The Valley of Sorek. In uh, what two things did all three women have in common? Yeah, all three are Philistines, Philistine women who are seeking to betray Samson. What did the rulers of the Philistines want from Delilah? What's a little bit unique approach now? Yeah, the secret to his strength. And they promised her. They would each, I don't know how many lords there are, maybe five, can't remember, um, 1,100 shekels of silver. Uh, that's quite a lot. How did Samson answer Delilah the first time? Uh, yep, you see it there in verse 7, to bind him with fresh bowstrings, or thongs that had not yet been dried. Uh, and Delilah, do... She did that. She tied him up while men hid in the room, wakened Samson. The Philistines come upon him. And of course, what did he do? Having lied to her, yes, he snaps the bowstrings like yarn breaks when it touches fire. Of course, uh, I would imagine he killed the men. Of course, this doesn't make Delilah happy. She says in verse 10, Yes, you have mocked me and told me lies. Mm. Well, yes, he did. Uh, so how does he respond a second time? Yeah, this time, tie me up with ropes, 
that have never been used. Of course, he breaks the ropes, like thread. Uh, and what does Delilah complain this time? Verse 13. You've mocked me, made me a fool, um, and you've lied again. All right, so now a third time. Third time's the charm, right? <laughs> As we say. This time, uh, tightly weave seven locks of his hair into the fabric on the loom. Uh, okay, we're getting closer. And what happened when she waked Samson? Yeah, he pulled out the batten and the fabric from the loom that his hair had been woven into. Uh, and of course killed the men, I'm sure. Now, um, what is Delilah's complaint? Verse 15. How can you say that you love me? Oh, see, it's elevating a little bit. And uh, what's revealed in verse 16 then? Yeah, she nagged him day after day until he was finally vexed to death. Nagged to death. Uh, who else had done this? We just read it last week. This seems to be Samson's real weakness. Yeah, it was his first wife, right? Um, and finding out the secret to the riddle back in Judges 14. Who was really um, the liar who made the fool of someone? It's really Delilah who's the liar, right? She's not telling um, him her true intent, and he's ma she's making a fool of Samson. And what did Samson finally tell Delilah the fourth time, having been vexed to death? Yeah, that's right. If my head were shaven, then uh, my strength would leave me, and I'd become weak. So, what does she do? Uh, yep, she invites the Philistines up, um, and then she lulls, them to, lulls him to sleep on her lap, and calls a man to shave the seven braids of his hair. Does it say that he had seven braves? Or yeah, seven locks of his head, right. Uh, what did Samson not know when he awoke? This is very important. Verse 20 there, he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. All right, so now the Philistines, having taken him captive, um, do something unique to him there in verse 21. Yeah, they take out his eyes. And then, of course, they take him back to Gaza, that first city. That was defenseless, remember? Okay. Um, well, how was this an appropriate punishment, though, of Samson, this gouging out of his eyes? We talked about this back in chapter 14, so it's been, um, there's been some prelude to this. Well, and even here in verse, um, Oh, actually, excuse me. Yeah, back in chapter 14, um, there was a reference to his eyes, wasn't there? I'm trying to remember now. I'll just jump there. Judges 14. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah, there we go, of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in, of Timnah, the daughters of the Philistines, right? So it's his eyes um, that have led him into sin. Of course, that's kind of how. Yeah, the chapter began, right? Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there, saw a harlot and went into her. Right. Um, and even Delilah, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she went. Right. So the eyes have been leading him to sin. Excuse me. 
<clears throat> what task was Samson given in prison? Um, yes, he was. his job was grinding, right? So probably moving the millstones. In verse 22, uh, what mistake did the Philistines make? That's right, they allowed his hair to grow back. Uh, what was the name of the Philistine god that they worshipped? His name was Dagon. And uh, what did the Philistines boast about their god? Verse 23. Yeah, that their god Dagon had delivered Samson into their hands. But of course, who had given Samson into the hands of the Philistines? This happened back in chapter 15. It was the men of Judah, right? And here, uh, of course, it was actually Samson's own weakness, his sin. Why did the Philistines bring Samson out of the prison? It says there that he may perform for us, that he may entertain us. All right. Uh, in verse 26, uh, what was the servant doing? Holding Samson's hands. And what did, he, what did Samson then ask that he could touch his hand on the pillars that supported the temple there in the center? Of course, then he prays, um, yes, in verse 28, right, that he might get vengeance for a revenge for the loss of his two eyes. According to verse 29, uh, what did Samson use, or with what did Samson bring down the temple? Yeah, it's with his, with his hands. Can you imagine if he has each hand on each pillar, what's the shape of his body? with his arms outstretched to the left and the right. Yeah, this is a mimicry of what will come later with Christ upon the cross, right, where he brings down Satan and his temple. Of course, what did Samson ask? That he die with the Philistines, verse 30. Uh, what are we told? Interesting note here at the end of verse 30. Yeah, that he had killed more at his death than he had killed in his life. And then his, his relatives... What do they do? They bury him in the tomb of Manoah, his father. And there ends the story of Samson. Not the, probably the most virtuous, upstanding chap, but one whom the Lord used despite his own sin. We pray, or excuse me, meditation. Finally, Samson must rely on what he had heard instead of what he saw. The three Philistine women seduced him with their beauty and attempted to bring death to Samson. They offered him lying words and nagged him to death. When his eyes were poked out, he recalled the words of his mother, who believed in the Lord and called out to be remembered. His mother had seen the angel of the Lord and believed the words he had spoken. She had confessed the God who wanted not to kill but to save those who see him by faith. In the face of the boasting that the Philistine gods had delivered their enemy into their hands, Samson's own hands accomplished the greatest victory in the moment of his greatest weakness. So our Lord Jesus would stretch out his arms upon the cross, and in the hour of his greatest weakness and the boasting of his enemies would destroy the gates of hell. He opened up the prison of death by going into death itself. So there you see how, despite Samson's weakness, um, he is a type of Christ. All right, very good. This week we confess the second and third petition of the Lord's Prayer. Second petition, thy kingdom come, 
What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How, it's, how does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. Third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come, and when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. All right, let us pray. For faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. To give to all peoples concord and peace, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection at every time of need, to direct and defend our president and all in authority, to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. A thanksgiving for those who rejoice in their birthday. Uh, well, no, none coming up yet. Um, but those who rejoice in their baptism, yesterday, Stephen and Cole. Today, Declan and Seth. For those who celebrate anniversaries, yesterday, John and Patty. And Thanksgiving for the gift of holy baptism for Franklin James Becker, uh, yesterday in divine service. For those who are ill, recovering, or undergoing surgery, Roman, who's in our chat with an eye infection, also Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Ron, Marlene, Brad, and Janet, Timothy, Susan, and Ken, Pastor Lindau, Susan, Linda, Joan, and Ken, Roger, and our teacher Penny. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, for the missions and mercy work of our church, especially uh, Becca DeLoach, uh, today being the last day, consider supporting her, but also Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Stir up your power and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also the feast day for St. Andrew, Apostle, the brother of Simon Peter, who was born in the Galilean village of Bethsaida. Originally a disciple of St. John the Baptist, Andrew then became the first of Jesus' disciples, John 1.35. His name regularly appears in the Gospels near the top of the list of the Twelve. It was he who first introduced his brother Simon to Jesus, John 1.41. He was, in a real sense, the first home missionary, as well as the first foreign missionary, John 12. Tradition says that Andrew was martyred by crucifixion on a cross in the form of an X. In AD 357, his body is said to have been taken to the Church of the Holy Apostles in Constantinople and later removed to the Cathedral 
of Amalfi in Italy. Centuries later, Andrew became the patron saint of Scotland. Right, so you can see uh, the Andrew's cross on the uh, flag for the for the United Kingdom and for Scotland. St. Andrew's Day determines the beginning of the Western Church year since the first Sunday in Advent is always the Sunday nearest to St. Andrew's Day. We pray. Almighty God, by your grace, the Apostle Andrew obeyed the call of your son to be a disciple. Grant us also to follow the same Lord Jesus Christ in heart and life, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week. Prepare the Royal Highway. So 
will hold up there. Uh, those are the two verses that I encourage you to try to memorize this week, stanzas one and stanza two. All right, so I'll make an attempt at that. If you've got a Lutheran service book, look up uh, 343. Um, although this is the same text and tune as was in Lutheran worship. So if you have an old blue hymnal from the 80s, that one will work too. All right, different hymn number, of course. Uh, Lord be with you all today on this November 30th, 2020. It's glad I'm glad to have you with us uh, in the chat. I see you all checking in. That's great. And again, uh, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, go back, uh, re-listen to the beginning where I explained to you uh, how best to expand the reach of the work that we do here. Obviously, your financial support is welcome, but um, as far as utilizing social media, how to best go about that. So go back and look at that, uh, both to support the um, the work of uh, the daily prayer, but also our uh, Bible studies and uh, our Sunday um, sermon, Wednesday sermon. We'll have a Wednesday stream this evening, or Wednesday evening this week. Uh, and also um, the auction, which is to support the work and ministry of our school in particular. All right. So Lord be with you all, and we'll see you again tomorrow.